right, sorry about that, guys. We're back with another one. Uh, what were you guys talking about? Uh, we were talking about our basically how we um, organize our online coaching, uh, like for how many clients we have. So, Jason, okay. what, what were you saying? I was just talking about. So, like we, you and I were talking about how you have you know certain programs written up, and then you can right. just kind of tweak them and change a few things, specializing for what that individual client needs, their weaknesses, their strengths, or what their goals are, you know? And I, it's a funny, I think it's funny when you, you get a client that like talks trash about their last coach or something like that. They're like, yeah, I saw some of his other clients and they were doing the exact same workout program and stuff like that. And I'm like, I never want to say anything bad because I'm like, well, they might've had the same issues as you. They might've needed the same workout program as you. You know, if, if they're giving out the same program to every single person, okay, that's not right. Of course. But like, I've seen that before where I was like, there was a girl training for a bikini show and the coach gave her bodybuilder boyfriend the same workout program. Like, come on. <laughs> okay. That's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. If you're going to be scamming people. You got to be smart about it. But if you have two classic physique guys and they have similar body structures, similar weaknesses and strengths, the workout program, the only changes that I might make is dependent on their schedule. You know, yeah. like you, you specialize it around their schedule to make it work for their lifestyle. Yeah. I mean, I think that's one thing that like a lot of people get hung up on and like the online coaching like industry is like, like cookie cutter plans and stuff like that. But like, especially like when you're starting a new client, like I, I'm totally upfront with my clients when I start with them, especially the first couple of weeks, I'm like, listen, like, here's a plan. Like, yeah, it's, it's made for you, but until you just get on something consistent, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I don't know how you're going to respond. Like, don't expect me to like, you fill out my questionnaire. Yes. And give me some information, but like, don't expect me to nail it and like know your body just based off like, you know, a 20 question thing that you answer for me, you know, it's going to take some time. And like, we're going to work out the kinks as we go. We might need to change, you know, your training frequency, your volume based on your recovery, like your foods based off digestion, but like, you just got to get started. You know what I mean? Especially you get the club people that are like, they want to know how to calculate their, what their macros should be, what their caloric intake should be for gaining or losing. And I'm like, no matter what, it's going to be an estimate. All right. Until we get you on a plan and we see consistency and where, how your metabolism in your body specifically responds. And then we can adjust from there. So it's like the, the first time I write you a diet, it's going to be a, an estimate. Well, see, you know what? It's just like anything, right? Like, and I can kind of relate this to, like, I'm trying to like expand my knowledge in like the financial world, right? And like, I have this habit of like, when I'm learning something new, or I'm, or I'm about to like get involved in like a new space, like I want to do everything perfectly. Like, I, I want to make no mistakes. Like, I want to have it all figured out. And I think that's what these people, they're trying to get into like the health and fitness world. Like, it's kind of the approach they have. And they kind of expect that, like, okay, if I get a coach, like everything's gonna be perfect, like right off the get-go. Like, you know what I mean? And it's like when people have that mindset, I tell them, I'm like, listen, you just gotta get started. Like, you just gotta get your feet wet here, like start going to the gym, start eating like healthy food, like five meals a day, and like good stuff's gonna happen. And like when I talk to my investment buddies who are like really in the financial world and like crypto and stocks and stuff, that's all they're telling me. They're like, man, like relax, like stop worrying about all the details, like just put some money in. Like, like make some smart investments and they're like good stuff will happen. So it's just like very similar how the mindset just transfers over from like space to space in terms of just getting started. Like the only way you're going to make progress is by starting. If you overthink everything in the early stages of something, you're just not going to get anywhere. You know, yeah. Yeah. that was my problem when I was just starting out coaching is I was afraid of making any mistakes. I would thought I had to have everything, you know, oh man, if I don't get there this perfect the first time, they're not going to like my coaching or whatever. And I was like, that's just something you learn as you go. I find what people want more than anything is just like communication and transparency. Yes. You know what I mean? Like just let people know what you're doing, why you're doing it. And like, if you're going to try something new, like I do that with my clients, I'm like, Hey, like, you know, what we're doing is not working. I'm going to try this. I don't know if it's going to work, but like, you know, we got to try to change something here. And as long mm -hmm. as you kind of just tell them, like they, I feel like people just appreciate that. And they're just like, okay, yeah. well, like as long as you got my back and you're watching over what I'm doing, like should be fine kind of thing. Right. Yeah. So, I think communication and just like you said, just being transparent and honest with them is what they are. Like, I had a couple of clients come to me at the end of last year and they were with a coach, a Canadian coach. I'm not going to say who, but, uh, um, and they just said, dude, I would message him and I wouldn't hear back for three, four days. Like I didn't know what to do. Like, it was 
and he was one of them that they were also saying I saw like other people he was coaching they were all posting the exact same workouts I was doing and stuff like that so I was just let, like, let me give you let me give you a good example of a bad coach because you know you just mentioned that one of my clients that I train in person is working with an, a coach online who's giving him a training and diet program right so I just wanted to know what's your what's your training program looking like what's your diet program looking like so we're looking over it and he's like you know it's it's always kind of like the same you know he never really changes it up even when I give him feedback and I'm like hey you know my knee hurts on this exercise let's say it's a hack squat and the coach says just put knee sleeves on bro <laughs> you know what I mean like that's not helpful what 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 should you do instead to be a better coach well you have to I think being a, a good coach you really have to ask the right questions you have to you know and that's a skill that you know it's developed over time you have to ask specific questions to get specific answers so if you want to figure out oh what's gonna what's the best you know uh series of quad exercises for this person ask them hey what exercises in order of best to least do you find stimulates your quads or or hits your quads or you get the best you know workout for your quads however you want to phrase it for that individual get the answer it's like okay well number one i, I like the hack squat the most and number two i like the, the leg extension the most that's extremely valuable information that you can use and directly program their workouts from it right so i think that's honestly what it takes is asking the right questions and not settling for like bullshit answers you know well, dude, that's such a good point about asking the right questions. Like, that's like the best point I've heard someone make on like how to be a good coach because like it comes with experience. Cause like you could have someone that might have like a training issue, like, oh, like, you know, I'm feeling like shit in the gym. And like a coach that's just kind of starting out might think like only training oriented things, like, you know what I mean? That has to do with that. But like we would ask questions like, okay, how did you sleep? Like, what's your diet been like? Like, you know, um just like things like like you know did you train earlier that day than you normally would because we have this experience and we know how those small variables can affect certain things and like you only get that by being in the game yourself for a while right that's like why one of my biggest pet peeves man and i honestly see this in like my own clients like right now like even locally where i live like i i've coached some people that have like went on to start their own like online coaching businesses and i'm just like i know this person doesn't know shit <laughs> like just because i coached them like recently you know what i mean so i'm like i know that person doesn't have enough experience coaching anybody based off the questions that they were asking me two months ago <laughs> right well that's that's the thing too is like if if someone starts out and they're they have no idea how to coach people they're gonna get clients who have no idea how to be coached right and that's how i'm sure we all started but as you develop as a coach you set your standards higher and now i've gotten to a point where the only clients that I want to work with are clients that are ready to kick ass. No excuses. It's like, you just have to, you have to adopt a standard of what you're willing to accept from your clients. And it's okay to let clients go sometimes, you know, if, if that client is not willing to learn from you and you know, they want to start doing their own thing. Well, that's great. Cause they'll probably learn eventually on their own how to do it, but on your own, on your, in your, you know, coaching business, it's like, well, now I've just freed up space for a new client who's above the standard that I'm looking for, you know, and that's, that's a, a great way to progress your own business and to increase your stocks. Yeah, you know, for me, like, admittedly, like uh, that's something, and it just came from like anxiousness of starting a new business. When I first started my online coaching business, I would let clients get away with stuff like that. You know, if they were, if they were sending me shitty progress photos, like, cause I just wouldn't want to say anything to them to make their job harder for me. Cause like, I'm just like worried about like keeping clients and stuff like that. Right. But as I built up my reputation, like now like I have a wait list for new clients. Like I'm, I'm definitely at the point where I'm like, like right away, like if someone sends me a shitty set of progress pictures, I'm like, no, like these are not going to work. Like, I'm like, this is how it needs to be done. I'll kind of lay it out for them. And then once they do send me a good set of progress pictures, I'm like, okay, it has to be like this every single time. Uh, right. I'm not trying to make your life hard. I'm just trying to let you know that you need to give me this information so that I can do the best job I can do for you. Like it needs to be consistent. Yeah, yeah, it's all yeah. that. You know, I was the same way when I first started. It's like you were kind of scared to give bad feedback and bad, like, you know, comments to the client because you didn't want to piss them off. You didn't want to lose them. And now you realize you're going to be a much better coach and the client's going to be, in the end, they're going to be happier, you know, yeah. and more satisfied with your coaching if you just are straight up with them, honest and be like, look, I need this. You need to do this a little better, whatever. Yeah. And, and people learn to respect you for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's why it's like, it's, it's the opposite of what you think, right? Cause like once you lay down the law with people and you just reassure them, like, like, listen, I'm only being this way because I'm trying to do my best for you. 
You know what I mean? So it's like, takes two to tango kind of thing. Like, you know what I mean? And then, yeah, like all, since I've been like that, my clients have done better, gotten better results. I've had, I've had more of the quality of clients that I want because, you know, you're going to weed out like the soft people or the people who like don't really want it as bad as they say they do. Because as soon as you like kind of up your standard, you know, they don't care enough about their goals to take on that extra work that it's going to take to appease you and, and give what, what you need. Right. right. So it's, all, it's only positive by doing that. You know what I mean? What do you think, Jordan? What's what's your approach? Let's say you have a client and they're maybe, you know, inconsistent with check-ins or they're messing around here and there. And it's like, you know, maybe they're putting in like 60 or 70% effort. Like you can see that they're trying, but they're just not giving 100%. Do you go, you know, good coach, bad coach? What's your approach to that? Um, I'm pretty firm. I'm, I'm definitely like, you know, I have the military background, so I'm not afraid mm -hmm. to put uh, basically boots in someone's ass in a nice way. You know, I would say, hey, this is what I need. And this is not what you're giving me. These are the things that I've asked about because I always set like, I set the tone in the beginning, you know, like with the questionnaire and stuff. And then like, as soon as I get their questionnaire, the first plan I get, I give like very, very specific directions. Okay. How I want your check-ins to be. This is the information that I need. This is the scale. I do like a scale, you know, like, okay, like how is your appetite? Like I need to know every, every week, what's your appetite? Like, I know I need to know every week that you're hitting your marker for how much water you're supposed to be drinking all those things. And so like, if I get a check-in and there's one of those things left out and I'm like going down my checklist, I'll like give them like lots of times I give them a, you know, like, well, Hey, you didn't tell me this information, but then like after a few times, I'm like, if it still continues on, I'd be like, Hey, this is not helpful for me because I'm trying to make this successful for you. You came to me and asked me for me to be your coach. And the only way I can be a successful coach is for you to give me the information that I need without any feedback. I can't help you succeed. And so that's, that's, right. that's pretty much my, my go-to. Yep, for sure. And I think it's really important to set those boundaries right off the bat. And as a coach, you know, you, you have experience with, it's almost like a, a social experiment, I feel like, because when you get that initial questionnaire back right away, you'll be able to distinguish someone who gives a hundred percent and someone who gives 50% just by the level of detail that they answer your questions. You know, it's like, did they actually read this entire question? Did they understand what I'm asking them for? And then did, did they go above and beyond to give me the information that I require? That's extremely important for me to distinguish. Am I going to see this person just skyrocket in results or is this going to be a struggle boss right off the beginning? And I think that initial questionnaire and the initial check-in is extremely indicative of that right? Because if someone really wants it right out the gate, oh, this is going to be an awesome client. I'm so excited. They're going to give me 100%. I'm going to give them 100%. But as a coach, you need to see that. It has to go both ways, right? What do you guys do? Or how do, how do you have that discussion with them? If you really want to see this person succeed, they keep saying, I want it. I want it. I want it so bad. But you're not seeing the effort. How do you, how do you sit down with them and have that discussion? Like, hey, this is this is either going to make you or break you from now on. Yeah, I just reiterate to them. I'm like, you know, you know, you, you say this is what you want, but, you know, your actions just aren't showing that. You know what I mean? Like every single week, like there's an issue or like you slip up on the diet or something comes up or you, you miss a couple of training sessions because like you felt tired after work. And I'm like, I understand all of those things. But when you say you want something, you're willing to just overcome those types of obstacles and like. I know what it's like, like to have to do that. Like, I know what it's like to devote myself to something and have to make sacrifices. And, and you know, obviously there's a lot of things you have to give up. Right. And I tell them that, and, and especially when it comes to food and like cheat meals and stuff like that, I'm like, the food is not going to go away forever. I'm like, you know, you committed to this process for four or five months, whatever it is to, for a prep or to lose weight. And I'm like, the food is going to be there once you reach your goal. And I'm like, it's going to be so much more satisfactory to you once you like accomplish what you want to accomplish reward yourself. And then there you go. I'm like, but you, if you feel like you need a reward every week, you know, or you gotta, you need a cheat meal because you stayed on your diet for three or four days in a row. I'm like, you're not going to get anywhere with this. And like, I think you just got to be honest with them. Right. And when, once you do that, like, I, I feel like then they can really kind of make the decision on their own. Like, Oh, like, is this actually what I want? If, if this is what it's going to take, or is this, 
you know, lifestyle that I think I want actually going to make me unhappy because that's something a lot of people don't realize either. And like, that's what I found with some of my clients is they think they want to take this on, but when they realize, you know, the, how important, you know, hitting your meals every day is and, and training five days a week, they realize like that lifestyle doesn't make them happy and, and that's okay. And I, and I just tell them, I'm like, listen, it's okay to just eat a healthy, like healthy food every day and, and go to the gym four or five days a week and just train for fun. I'm like, you don't need to weigh all your food every day. Like, you know, and train like a certain way to, to, to reach these goals. I'm like, that's fine. Like you can be healthy without being a bodybuilder. Like, you know, it's not for everybody. Yeah. It's not for everybody, man. As much as, and that's one thing you see a lot with social media is because social media is everyone's highlight reel and it, it, it glorifies this lifestyle. They see us in the gym, like big and jacked, like throwing around heavy weight and like, you know, with cool music and all that stuff. But they don't see us at like meal five at 10 p.m. Like try not to throw up like when you're forcing like your last chicken rice meal down, you know, and, and just like sweating every night in bed when you're sleeping and like all this shit that we have to deal with. And, and you know, once people get a taste of it, they just can't imagine doing that for 10 years, <laughs> like every day. <laughs> like, well, you know? like. Well, I was going to say, like, media contributes to that, too. Like, not just, like, you're talking about, like, videos of us, but, like, just watching, like, movies and stuff. I mean, they just always, like, they always show, like, if you watch a movie, like, a sports movie with, like, an athlete, even, like, all you see is, like, the glorified moments. You don't really, I mean, there might be, like, a montage where they're going through something hard, but, you know, it's got some cool music and stuff. So people are like, oh, this is awesome. But, like, it doesn't really show, like, you know, someone really building themselves up. Like if you're watching, you know, a fighting movie or if you're watching a, you know, something where somebody's jacked, they don't show them that they're, you know, going through that and eating their meals like crazy. They might show them like eating one meal of chicken and rice and then a montage where they're running and then they're doing what they do and they're awesome at it. So they're just, they're just drinking the raw eggs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like rock. Or something. This is how, this is how you do it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh, I, I think it's, I think, you know, that um, I got a, a good kind of, change of perspective from listening to Joe Rogan, because, you know, from the outside looking in, it's, it's easy to assume that he set massive goals for himself. Like from day one, you could probably assume that he wanted to have the best podcast in the world. He wanted to do all these things. It's actually not true. He actually didn't have any of those goals set at all. He just wanted to just do the work. He just enjoyed doing what he was doing. And because he enjoyed doing it so much, he just did so much of it you know, three podcasts in a row every single day. That's like nine hours of work, just straight, straight working, you know, not even thinking about, oh, I want to get to the best, you know, I want to be the number one podcast, have a billion, jillion views. It's just like, oh, I just, I want to, I want to be the best at conversing with these people. And I want to be in the moment and like ask the right questions. And, and I'm genuinely interested in, you know, this conversation. I think that's how you have to look at it with, you know, bodybuilding and fitness. It's like, do you enjoy training? Do you enjoy having a, a meal plan that's structured? Do you enjoy all of these aspects? Because if you don't enjoy any of it, any of it, it's like you were saying, guys, it's like, it's just not sustainable. You can't do it. Maybe, maybe you can like get through a month, a couple months, maybe a year, but this is like a long period of time that you have to really invest into. So it goes back to the goals and your goals have to align with what you enjoy about becoming the person that will achieve those goals. Right. And I think that's extremely important for people to understand. It's like, you have to enjoy everything that you do to a certain degree. We complain about eating a bunch of food, but we also enjoy that fact that when we, when we get all our meals and it's a sense of pride accomplishment, it's a badge of honor that we wear knowing that we have followed a structured diet for years on end. And this is the result of it. Not like, oh, I, I really just, you know, I want to be the best bodybuilder in the world. It's like, I'm sure we all want that. But how how much do you want to do the things that it requires to get there? That's more yeah, important than the actual goal itself. It's much, exactly. It's, it's much deeper than that. Because it's like, I mean, if you told me right now, like, hey, Morgan, you have zero chance at winning the Mr. Olympia. Like, I'm not going to change one thing about my life. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm going to keep eating my meals and keep training because like, this is just who I am. I love it. Like, it's not... I can't imagine life any other way, right? And I've, I've actually, clients, I've actually talked people out of competing many times because I've had clients that are like, okay, I want to compete. So like, I'm going to put them on a schedule like that's going to get them to their goal of competing. But then like, they just can't do it. Like there's a mess up every week. So then I had that talk with them. I'm like, you know, why don't we just try pulling everything back here? Because like, it's this is usually at the point where they're ready to quit. And I'm like, how about we just forget about the show? Like, let's go from training five days a week to like three, maybe four days a week. Let's pull the meals back from five meals a day to four meals a day. And let's just see how you do. 
And a lot of times, like two or three weeks in, like they lost like 10 pounds, like feeling great, like, you know, because it just like it took a little bit of pressure off of them. The and now it's like, so yeah, instead of this competitive mindset, they're just like, you know, trying to live a healthier lifestyle. And they realize like, oh, this is much better for me than trying to get down to 5% body fat. <laughs> like, that's know. right. And exactly. And I think that's why it's important to, to understand why someone, you know, whatever the goal is, why, so, why is it important for them to achieve that goal? Like, why is it important for you to get on stage this year? You know, and, and if they don't have a good reason, like, oh, you know, it's just something I really want to do. Well, listen, man, my standards as a coach are higher than that. So I need you to want to not just get on stage. I need you to want to dominate that fucking stage because that's the standard that I've set for myself as a coach and also for my athletes. 21, I only had two athletes get on stage, man, because people just weren't ready to win, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. The, yeah. the only thing that's, that's wrong with not being ready to win is if you say, I want to win. Then it's up to you to be ready to win as a relationship together. We have to work on this to make sure you're the champion on that day. Only two people got on stage last year. I know under my guidance, they both got first place. The same thing is going to happen this year. And I told every single one of my clients that too. It's like, I'm not, I'm not going to let you get on stage and lose because then you're creating that standard of being a losing coach, because this is the only sport in the world where people compete to lose, you know? It's like, I want top five. Well, if you don't get first, you lost. And as a coach, that's an L. And how, why do we want to accumulate Ls just for the sake of what, we're going to get more clients? No, we're not going to get more clients. We're going to get, we're going to maybe get more of the same clients instead of we're going to get more of the clients that we want to win or the clients that are willing to win. So do you get more nervous when your clients get on stage than when you get on stage? Fuck yes. Like your anxiety no, just through the roof. Tenfold. I'm never nervous about yeah. getting on stage ever. It just, no, yeah. I'm, I'm more nervous about getting on stage because I, I, oh, you know, I, I can. When I, I, when I, my clients are getting up there, dude, because I have no control at yeah. that point. Once they're up there, you know, it's like, it's all on them. I have no more control. And I'm like, man, I'm just like, my heart's like going crazy. I'm like, uh, you know, please do everything we practice, do everything <laughs> right. And I'm like, please like hopefully the judges don't overlook them or anything like i'm freaking out usually when my clients get up there when i get up there i'm like all right i did everything i could i'm gonna kill this shit hopefully uh turns out the right way yeah that's the same with me because i i know how well i can handle losing like i'm, I'm a pretty good loser especially in bodybuilding yeah. right but like i'm i was worried for people like you know like how they're gonna take it especially when you had a client that like you know how much they put into it exactly. like you know and like, uh, it's, it's real tough, man. I I'm with you. The anxiety is crazy real. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you why I don't get anxious when my clients get on stage is because I, I think I have a pretty good idea by that point, whether they're going to win or lose. And yeah. because I'm so confident in the fact that like, let's, let's take my, my last competition, for example, like with my last client, I knew he was going to win his class. No, no problem. The only, the only question was whether he was going to win the overall. And I wasn't anxious about that because it's at the end of the day, an overall whether it's like a heavyweight or a light heavyweight or a super heavyweight, it kind of comes down to apples and oranges. That's not in your control anymore. And, but anybody that knows me or seems me at a show, I'm like literally screaming at them from like right behind the judges panel. You know, I'm just like standing there, like losing my shit, sweating. It's not because I'm like anxious. It's just like, I'm so excited for them. It's like, Oh, I, I just can't wait for them to like, you know, do exactly what they need to do. And I feel like having that energy, instead of a nervous energy, it's more like an excitement energy. And it like, I feel like it builds them up. So that's why, but for me, I get anxious because it's, it's performance in the moment for me, right? It's like, I don't know if I really, really get like super anxious, but I've definitely been anxious at like the New York pro. I think I suffered a little bit with my performance because I, I got overly excited about performing and all of a sudden it just like my brain turned off and I just, I did everything a little bit too quickly things like that, or maybe I wasn't quite like breathing the way I should have been or things like that. Right. And I think for, for me, getting on stage is it's more anxiety because I think for me, it's like, I put that pressure on myself. Right. I put that pressure on myself to perform my best. I think for me, a lot of it's because uh, like when I was young, I, I was in like really high level, like karate, like right until I was like, from the time I was like, like six years old to the time I was like 18. And I remember being young and being like super nervous anytime I had to like get in front of people and like perform like um, a kata or like kumite like spray like put somewhere like have like a match. And as the karate went on, because I had to do like 20 tournaments a year, like it, it wore off. 
So then I remember like my first bodybuilding show, like I thought I was going to be nervous, but then like going on stage and stuff, I was just completely calm. And I just kind of referred back to that, like already overcoming that fear of like performing in front of a crowd of people kind of thing. Right. Mm. But yeah, I, I, I find most people I talk to are, are nervous for bodybuilding shows though. Like Jason, are you nervous or are you like me? Like you're not nervous. I'm usually backstage just like singing the music of whatever's going on and stuff. Just like enjoying the time, like chatting with all the other guys, you know, that are pumping up. I don't know. I'm like, I don't know. I wouldn't say it's nervous. I'm just kind of like just excited and pumped to get out there and get, you know, get it done. Yeah. Cool. You know, I mean, I, I, I always put it in my head. I'm like, look, this is the best I've ever looked. I'm going to go out there. I did all the work. There's nothing I can control at this point except hitting my poses right and hoping the judges like what they see. Yeah, I think that that's what it is for me too. Like knowing that you did the work already, right? Yeah. Jordan, like if, there, if there's a, any doubt in my mind that I I could have done more or I could have done something better, then I might be nervous. But if I know I did everything I could possibly do, I did everything my coach told me to do. I, you know, I practiced my posing and everything like that. Then. It, you know, in my head, I'm just like, th- this is a, a, a sport that's judged by a panel of, you know, a panel of judges get to decide the winner. It's not getting nervous to see if I can go hit this, you know, 500 pound bench press and win, you know, cause then it's on me, you know, whether I can perform or not, yeah. but I've already done all the work, you know, at that point. So it's just up to, you know, a panel to decide if they like my look or not. they like the amount of work that you put in (laughs) i I agree i agree and disagree but i want to hear what jordan has to say um i i don't get nervous i mean i was i was in music and played in bands and stuff so i was on stage kind of the same stuff you know he talked about being with karate and everything you just kind of overcome that um and then like backstage i'm i'm just like jason you know i talking to the guys and talking to whoever and stuff but uh i definitely do get like really i would say like hyper focused and i've had plenty of people like that be like you know, you kind of got that resting bitch face, the RBF, because I'm just like focusing in my zone and everybody thinks I'm like mad at the world and like pissed off for some reason. I get that a lot. And I'm like, no, I'm like extremely positive. I'm like having a good time. But like sometimes I just like my demeanor is just like I'm I'm here to just like mess it up. Like I'm, I'm ready to go. And so like, um, I don't know, I don't ever really say like too much as far as like positivity towards myself. Um, I'm one of those people that's like, wait till it's 100 percent over. Um, till you know till all the last cookie crumb is gone whatever you want to call it but basically like you know like um, even my coach was like you know in between um, at nationals like in between like pre-judging and finals he's like you got to like speak it into existence and you got to say you're going to go out there and win and I was like like you can speak it for me bro <laughs> he's like okay I'll speak it for you he's like I just wouldn't say it like I just would rather just be like either I'm going to hang out and pile around with the guys if nobody wants to pile around then I'm going to be super focused and just like checked out until i walk out on that stage and then it's like it, everything just clicks it's like a whole I think part of that is you know your history though too like with competing because you've been right there and so many yeah. people telling telling you dude you want it you're going pro and then you end up in third you know and that's yeah. happened to me so many times too so yeah i i think that get, is one of those things where you don't want to tell yourself you want it until it, you know fat lady sings mm-hmm. exactly yeah, yeah. That, that's think, exactly how I am. I think. Every, Robin, do you every uh, you socialize backstage, Robin? I do not. I go on. Not really. No. Um, I'm talking. I at Puerto Rico, I did a little bit because Akeem was there, and I was talking to Jamie as well, and I just I, I felt like I had a good connection. Like they 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 made me feel good. Like we were kind of just like shooting the shit, and like that was one of the only times where I. I forgot that I was nervous or, or anxious about the show. And I think that was a very positive, you know, kind of just like, you know, I, I got to talk to the guy who won and got his mindset. I got to talk to a guy who I beat, you know, and got his mindset. And it was kind of like, okay, cool. Like I'm kind of somewhere in the middle here. I know, I know where I, I need to get my mindset to. I need to, you know, also I, I can, I can see the flaws, you know, and I can draw like some power from that too. And 
for the most part, the way that I kind of do show day is I'll just, I'll try to, because I know I'm an anxious person when it comes to competing because I'm thinking about the outcome, right? And the, the outcome is what will generally make you nervous or anxious, right? Regardless of, you know, you know you've put in all the work. I think at, at this level, it's safe to assume like you've, you've given 100% and everybody's given 100% and that's not really in your control anymore because now on that day, the only thing you have to control is your emotions, your performance on that day and what you're focused on, right? So generally what I'll do is if I can feel myself being anxious, I'll just take it down a notch by like using breathing practices and meditation and maybe just putting those blinders on and really not socializing too much. When I did the Toronto Pro, you know, one of my clients, I, I didn't even, I didn't know or remember that he was there, but he told me like recently, he's like, hey man, you know, I remember when you were backstage, you know, before you won your pro card, you was like, it looked like you were just like in another dimension. And I'm like, yeah, I think I was in another dimension because I just had no awareness of what was going on around me. I only had a full awareness of what was going on within me. And I think that's really, really important. I didn't have that same feeling at Puerto Rico because after the prejudging, I knew that I wasn't going to win that show. And at that point, I was upset with myself. I had a lot of emotions. Then I had a conversation with my girlfriend about it. And then I had like a conversation with myself about it. And then when I came back for the night show, I was a different person. I was relaxed. I was ready to, you know, have that conversation with other people. I was, I was okay with hanging out, kind of like all that pressure was gone. And I was like, if I can even move up a couple spaces at this point, a couple spots, then I'll feel great about that. And that's exactly what I did. And it was just my demeanor changed from like, this is war to like, okay, let's, let's just make the best of this experience. Yeah. So I think, I think it's a case by case basis, you know, it's totally. like, makes sense. Your, your anxiety is going to, I think, be in line with what's at stake. You know, there's no way that if, if we know, if we're competing for the Olympia and we have a chance of winning, I think it's safe to say that we're all, we're all going to have a little bit of that anxiety about the result. But hell, man, like, it's a good feeling, too. It's not like it's not like anxiety is always a bad feeling, right? It's like, sometimes I like that feeling of anxiety because it, it pushes you forward. It's like, oh, I got to go. I got to do this thing. I got to go. You know, it's like, and then I know that once I do it, then I can take a deep breath after and feel good. Well, like you said, if, if you know you have a chance at winning that show, like, your anxiety is going to be a lot higher than if you're like, all right, I'm hoping that I can, you know, sneak into that top 10 or whatever. It's like, I would much rather have the anxiety of thinking I have a chance of winning the show. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So my question, my question to you then, Robin, is do you deal with a lot of like, uh, cortisol issues and stuff because like if you're you're a person that's you know a little more high anxiety a little more higher stress about things do you feel like that that affects you like with your physique or anything like that no I don't think so because because I'm aware of it I I know what to do in, in, you know in order to bring it down right yeah so you know if, if I feel like I'm too anxious to perform my best I know that's that's a time that I need to meditate and I always, I always anchor meditation around times that are stressful anyways, like post-workout, the first thing I do is sit down 10 minutes in the corner of the posing room, meditate, breathe. At that point, my cortisol's dropped and I can, you know, ingest my post-workout meal feeling good about it. And I'll, I'll do that anytime it's like super stressed, like before I go on stage, after meditate, you know, like those kind of things. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, it can definitely be detrimental if you're, it's like it can be a vicious circle or it can be a positive one, just depending on how you look at it, right? I think yeah. that's the difference is I probably have that same anxiety and like a little bit of stress leading into it. We just deal with it differently. I deal with it by talking to people and like getting it out of me that way by like bullshitting with people backstage and like talking to other people and whatever that like helps me relieve that uh, stress and anxiety. You sit down, meditate deal with it yourself we just deal with it in different ways yep. yeah i i handle it the same way like jason and i i've thought about it and i'm like you know i think i'm more social backstage because if i'm alone with my thoughts 
Like if I just sit and think about it, then I get more in my head about everything. Like, is this right? Am I, you know, did I peak just right? Do, do I need to eat more or whatever it might be? And so like, if I just like step away from all of those thoughts and talk about, you know, whatever, like, oh man, I like your gym bag or something. And then you just strike up a conversation, then it's easier for me to not like be thinking about any type of negative thoughts or any type of stress, you know, like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing or you know, whatever, whatever it is, just like being freaked out. It keeps me from thinking any of that stuff. I'm the complete opposite of you guys. Like I need to like get there and find like a corner, like away from everybody, <laughs> like lie down and just like tucker away. Cause I find for me, like if I start talking to people backstage, I feel like I'm like wasting energy. And then I get anxiety about like talking to, like of talking to people. I'll be having a conversation in my head. I'm like, Oh, you should be relaxing. Like you shouldn't be talking to this person. And like that, like if, if anything's going to be cortisol, it's going to be that. Right. So I, I, I'm just like the guy in the corner that looks like an asshole. <laughs> I think it's important to have that self-awareness too, because I always thought that because that's what I did, that I was an introvert, but I actually, I'm not an introvert. I'm actually an extrovert. I like social interaction. I actually get like a lot of energy and I, I feel great. Like I need it every day. If I don't have like solid social interactions, like at the gym and stuff every single day, uh, it's easy to get depressed. So for me, it's like, I, I just really need a balance. It's not like, oh, I, I'm an extrovert or I'm an introvert. Like, I, I think it's kind of, it's always like a scale, right? Like people are like, oh, I'm an introvert. Like, you know, I can't go to parties. It's like, well, I, I, I don't have a problem with going to parties. Just you got to know like what your limit is. You know, it's like you go, go and interact with people as much as you want. And it's okay to stop when you're done, you know, and then just go be by yourself for a while. Like it's, it's always about a balance. And I find that just having that self-awareness and like having these types of conversations with like-minded people, it helps to build up that self-awareness and realize like, Oh, I'm not exactly like this person, but I am a little bit like this person. And, you know, and you can kind of figure yourself out more by interacting with people and, and then just being on your own and thinking about like, Hey, how did I, how did I feel during that interaction? Like well, that was actually a lot of fun. I'm a little tired now. So maybe I'm going to you know take some time to recharge, but I could definitely do that again tomorrow. Right. And it's just like, then that way you're not ever like being pushed too far in one direction. I 100% agree with that because I'll find sometimes like on my rest days or something like that, like when I don't really get any inter inter interaction with people, like, you know, you do start feeling like, you know, a little down or something like that or whatever, like you need some like human contact and interaction. Mm -hmm. And then like, if I just go to the gym and, uh, you know, talk to a few people, walk in, you know, especially at the gym, Jordan knows now you walk in there and everyone's friendly. Everyone walk like, like, Oh, the big guy's here. You know, it's, they just go up and like, didn't talk and ask you questions. And like, it's even almost like when I'm in prep, these questions would annoy me right now. Like when you're kind of like, you've been sitting at home alone for a day or two or something like that. And it's like, you want that human interaction. You're like, so like, you feel like a, like, a fresh like personality, like almost like everything's uplifted a little bit just from a little interaction with people. Exactly. And I, I think that's why COVID was so devastating is because it's, it's just, it's changed the way more so probably in the countries that are still having lockdowns, like in Canada, right? Cause like when I was in Florida, it was just, it was so cool. Like everybody was just so much happier interacting with each other, socializing in Canada. It's like, dude, I went down to the gym today, right? And there's supposed to be a four person limit and you gotta like book your times and all that stuff. So I go down there, there's four people in there already. I go down at the same time every day, do my cardio. There's no way I'm not going down, okay? I yeah. go down, there's already four people in there. Okay, I start doing my thing. Somebody goes and complains that there's five people in there, okay? So I, now I have to have this conversation with the front desk guy. I'm like, listen, dude, you see me. I come here every single day, twice a day to do my cardio. He's like, he's like, oh, well, you're only supposed to come once. But I'm like, no, we're not talking about that. I pay my rent. I can come as many times as I want. If there's an issue, you know, let's, let's talk about it. So what's the issue here? It's like, oh, like this person doesn't feel comfortable with you being in there. It's like, oh, so this person, so they're personally attacking me. They don't feel comfortable with me. So it's a me problem. So, okay, so where's this person? Let me have a conversation with them. Oh, no, 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 I don't want to do that. Okay, okay. So, so you're going to talk to them. Okay, so let's let's just have a neutral conversation here right so do you think that it's do you think that it's fair to say that you can't go in the gym because there's already four people in there it's like i don't think that's fair 
Do you think that's fair? Do you guys think that it's it's fair to say that in a in an area that you live, you can't access one of the areas because someone else who also lives here is there too? For me, it will come down to like that person saying they have a problem with you being there. So that person should leave. Exactly. That's my point. You know what I mean? like, like, and then, and, and my second point, you know, my second point that I said to him too, is you, all you have to do is you don't have to tell them like what is right or what is wrong to show them the facts. And the facts are that right now in Canada, we have a freedom convoy that's raised over $7 million. There's a hundred thousand plus people saying we're done with mandates, restrictions, lockdowns, and we want our freedom back. So I just said, hey, I'm just part of that movement, man. That's it. I'm part of that freedom movement. And I think we should be free to do what we want. And this person is absolutely free to come back at another time. Yeah, exactly. You're that's just exercising your human rights, man. And that's what it comes that's down it. to. And that's, that's what this that's whole thing it. is about. Freedom of choice. So like you're choosing to put your life in jeopardy, Robin, to go to that gym <laughs> and train with the possibility of getting COVID. And that's on you, man. Right. And this guy, if he's afraid of you being in there because of that, well, guess what? He has the freedom to get the fuck home. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and be safe <laughs> and stay and be away from COVID. The fact that he's staying, choosing to stay there while you're there, while he feels like you're endangering him, is totally on him. And if he gets COVID and dies, it's his fault. That's I just it, gotta man. say, every time you guys bring up the COVID stuff, it's I'm so happy I'm in Florida. Well, <laughs> we have to open it up tomorrow, right? We we should be opening up today. Supposed yeah, to be. Right, 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 today. Yeah. I was talking to a, a guy, I think he watches this uh podcast, but he was watching my YouTube channel and he like messaged me and he was talking about the shutdown and stuff and he said y'all open up today. In Ontario, yeah. Supposed we we actually have a press conference where I live today too. Yeah, so th this is the this is kind of like uh how I feel about it is like I, I think because because we have all this momentum going with with having everything open up, like all this stuff's going on in Ottawa, right? But we're not in Ottawa, we're in Ontario. So why like why aren't we doing the same thing here? You know? Well, Ottawa's in Ontario. <laughs> no, sorry, sorry. I meant uh, like I'm in Burlington, is what I meant. Like like I want like I want to see Burlington open up all there. Like Pure is the only gym that's open in Burlington, right? It's like, well, Pure's already done it they found a way to stay open and we have this freedom movement over here in, in Ottawa. So how come everything in between isn't doing the same thing? You know, that's like, there's, there's kind of like, there's, there's still a divide, you know, there, there's still, I think divide. it's happening though, man. I think this is just the beginning for us, honestly, because like I even saw like the um, prime or the premier of Saskatchewan said that like, he's going to slowly start dissipating mandates and uh, like other health ministers and other provinces have come out now and said that like, yeah, like we need to just learn to live with COVID kind of thing. So I think we're getting there. It's just going to take Trudeau, Trudeau, like a big, like ego drop. <laughs> like, I think, I think that's the biggest thing with him. And that's what it comes down to. Right. I don't know if it's going to come down to him. I think it's going to come down to like all of us just, just standing, you know, standing our ground, you know, it's like, just like with the situation with this, you know, this guy downstairs, like, I know, dude, I'm not going to back down from this. Like, I'm I'm just pro-choice here. Like I think we all should make our own decisions, and it it shouldn't be like oh well this this guy's doing this. Like fucking mind your own business, you know. Literally mind your own business. Like your business is your priority. So open it up to everybody, you know. Like just let's do this thing, you know. That's that's where I'm at with it. Yeah, no, you're totally right. It just it comes down to us and just like us just deciding to live our lives like like freely again. And like what are they going to do? They can't. They're, they're not going to arrest everybody. <laughs> like that's it. All, all I got to focus right now is. I, I just got to make sure I'm updated with my uh, Canadian geography. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm coming uh, out of your way more, man. So I'm glad you guys are opening up. Beautiful. Yeah, I fucking can't wait, man. We're going to kill it. Yeah, it's going to be sick, man. It's good training, good eating. You got to yeah. start lining up the restaurants, bro. <laughs> yes. We, we got to hit a cheat meal post-workout every day. It sounds good. <laughs> every day, holy shit. The final oh, push. Uh, you know, make sure you check into your coaches with that information, too. Michael, uh, yeah. I'm doing my own <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just for this week. Yeah. Um, I wanted, I wanted to. Speaking uh, of Cheetos, Jordan, freaking, I was planning on eating clean last night. That was all Ashley. Uh, sure. At the end of at the end of our workout, Ashley's like waiting to go home, and we're like finishing up, and she like orders five guys online. She's like, "Hey, we need to go. Our order's ready to pick up in five minutes." I was like, 
I wasn't going to have a cheat meal tonight. <laughs> I was supposed to go home and eat some chicken or something like that. And I ended up losing three pounds, by the way. I don't know why. I ate a freaking big, like, big-ass meal from five guys. And then I even had a huge bowl of Greek yogurt and berries before bed. And ended up losing three pounds. Jason's body's ridiculous. <laughs> you, you have the hardest time. Well, I don't know. You put on a ton of weight, so you, you're putting on weight. But I, I just think I'm your just body's probably though. like topped out. I'm, yeah, I'm stuck in that 260, 265 range. Yeah, it's a, it's a good weight, though. I mean, I don't even think you need to push the scale any farther than you, than you have. You know, it's just fine at this point. As much as I know, I shouldn't think like this. I was hoping to hit 270 before cutting, though. Even though I know I shouldn't be chasing a number, and I wasn't chasing a number, but I was like, it would have been nice to see that 270 before I start start cutting. Yeah. It's okay. I'll That's never true. see 270. Just just know that. <laughs> <laughs> you might see 270. You might see 270 at some point. You never know. <laughs> 270. If I see 270, it's gonna be like I'm gonna be dead. <laughs> you be you be as wide as you are tall. <laughs> uh, so. At the beginning, we kind of got cut off there, but uh, we were talking about um, some video games we were playing. So I wanted to find out what kind of video games you guys are playing uh, lately, if you do play video games. been slacking on the games lately i was just i don't know i haven't had the attention span <laughs> to to keep going but i was playing <clears throat> i don't know man like I, I i told you about like you know i was playing like the rpg games and stuff like that like yeah, yeah. what console are you playing on um i have a ps4 i wish i had a ps5 i still haven't gotten one but uh okay. i got a playstation and a nintendo switch Okay, yeah. I love the Switch, man. The Switch is great. Dude, it's and, and that the main main reason I got that is just, I love the old school like classic RPG games and stuff like that that I grew up on. And they're like, you know, making the graphics a little better and re-releasing all of them and stuff like that. Yeah. It's it's cool too because uh, sorry, go go ahead, Jordan. I have a Switch and I have a PlayStation 5 and I have an Xbox. So I've been playing a lot of more of like <laughs> I don't really play that much. Like I don't get online. So like, I just play like the switch, you know, is the classics is like, I like to play like, you know, smash brothers and Mario Kart and stuff like that. Um, and then like with, um, with the PlayStation five, um, the, the sports games for the most part, like Madden and like NHL and all of those pretty much, but I don't have anybody to come play. I try to get Jason to come play every now and then, but it, <laughs> last week he was supposed to come over and he had a headache. So <laughs> Dude, I got, a, I got a killer headache last Wednesday. Freaking, I always seem to get it on my rest days and I don't know if it's, you know, just cause I, I don't really drink caffeine on my rest days. And then also I always get grasped and cupping done. And I think that releases so many toxins in the body. Like sometimes it just hits me. Could be, yeah, it could be blood pressure too. Take, just, you know, be aware of that. You know, what's cool about the switch though. I just, I love how you can, you can play it on your TV. You can, you can play it like, you know, uh, as a handheld too. I think that it's just so versatile. That's why I think it's the best console. I used to play on PC a lot more, but I just love the fact that I can just, I can take the switch down, do cardio. Like I've been playing Pokemon Unite, which is, it's a good game to play on cardio. Cause it's, it's easy to play. It only requires like, you know, a couple buttons. I mean, it's, it's a five versus five match that only takes 10 minutes. So, and you can, you can go through matches like pretty quick. Like it just, it'll line you up for another match. Match starts like in a couple of minutes. So it's like, if you want to bang out like, you know, 30 minutes of cardio, just play three rounds and it, it just goes by so fast. Um, it's just, it's a good game and it's free. You know, it's free and you can like, you can link up with your buddies. Like all four of us could jump on and like play a couple of rounds, you know, like no problem. Um, RPGs are great, man. I love I love a good RPG like uh, Diablo 3. Diablo 3 is awesome because you can play split screen. Like, like if you, like, you can, I know because you love RPGs, Jason, like, you could even get, like, Ashley to play with you. Like, I was doing the same thing. I had Sarah playing, you know, like, uh, she's got the Necromancer. I got the Barbarian. Like, we're just, we're fucking up everybody, you know? Like, we're unstoppable. 
it's cool. And, you know, you can also play online with other people, you know, so it's- Bro, I've tried to get Ashley to play games like that with me so many times. <laughs> the only thing she'll play is like Mario Party and like Monopoly on the PlayStation and stuff like that. Like, so I've tried to get her to play other games with me. I tried to get her playing games similar to Diablo. I've tried to get her to play like uh, Borderlands and- for one, she is the most directionally challenged person I've ever met. So you put her on a game like Borderlands, and she's literally on the opposite side of the world, and I'm getting killed by like hordes of enemies. And I'm like, "Where are you at?" She's like, "I have no idea." Uh, so it's, I'm dead. Next thing you know, I'm like, "Oh, you gotta start her off with the easy. Just get her on like, um, get her on the Mario uh, Mario 3D. That, that yeah, pretty good. Yeah." Because you can, you can do she like just, two She player. just didn't yeah. play a lot of video games. Like, I was raised playing video games. Like, it was one of the, like, I wasn't allowed to sit around all day. But when it was dark out, I came inside, played video games for a couple hours, you know? And it's just, she wasn't really, really raised playing, like, much video games and stuff. So now she's just lost when I try and get her to play that stuff. See, I, I was like Morgan's dog, like, on my dad's lap. And I was, like, too young to actually play the games. I would sit on his lap and he'd be playing, like, you know, the original Doom and shit. So... That's, that's, I've always been like, you know, kind of involved with video games. I don't think my dad's ever played a video game, but no. like my mom would play Mario with us and stuff growing up. Yeah. So like, and sh like, she was good. It was, it was actually weird, but like, yeah, we would sit around and play Mario and take turns and stuff like that when we were growing up on the original. Yeah, I had the, yeah, the original Nintendo with like um, the Mario games and like the Duck Hunter game where you yeah, plug it up and, you had the, the game genie where you could smash your game that's this big into a thing that's this big yeah, and it just sticks out of your console. Yeah. <laughs> you, you have to like blow in the game. Like if it, sometimes oh, yeah. it wouldn't work. Oh, yeah. 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 I still do that sometimes because it's like a habit. You know, I just did that with the Switch. I'm just like, oh, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, just technology. Nintendo, way. the only thing yeah. that's still using cartridges. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah, it's true. true. You, you play any games right now, Morgan? Nah, man, I, I was thinking about trying to get back into it, but it's just because you know the way it is. Like, I like playing the first-person shooters, like Call of Duty and stuff. Like, I used to play Dude, Call of Duty competitively. Get the Switch, man. Get the Switch. You can play all. You can play. You can play everything on the Switch, bro. It's sick. I might, yeah, I might try to pick one up, man. I, I might do it because that that seems something that would be like more doable for me. Because like to sit down and like play on my PS4 is just so time-consuming. Like, it's yeah, that's that's right. You got to You got to like sit there and like you know with the Switch, you can literally like. Let's say you're like fucking at the airport and you got like a couple hours That's to start bang out some Call of Duty or like, you know, if you get Apex as a free game, jump on Apex, I'll jump on with you, you know, like it's... So you can play online on the Switch, like anywhere. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, yeah cool. one Dude, Apex is dope because it's, it's three-man squads and it's um, uh, it's like Hunger Games. You know, you just get dropped down. There's weapons everywhere, all over the place, armor, everything. You're just in a squad of three against like 10 other squads of three. You just got to fuck them up all over the map. It's pretty sad. Oh, well, I guess I, I, need bring my, I bring my switch with me like anytime I'm on prep and I like I'm flying or driving or whatever to the to the show. Just yes. like chill out, like just the, the whole travel to the show and then sit in the hotel room between meals. So I'm not like overthinking shit or whatever. I'm just I always exactly. bring my switch with me. 100 percent That's actually I used before I had to switch, I would I used the Nintendo DS for like five years. And that's how I got through like the last couple of weeks of prep. Like when you're, when you do get anxious, man, just, just play some video games and chill out. Like, especially when you're like at literally at the hotel room with nothing else to do. Like you're eating your meals, you're posing, playing video games, man. You're having a good time that way too, right? Yep. All right. Uh, Either that or binge watch the Food Network. So true. That's that, like fucks, that fucks with your head. Crazy. Too much. Yeah. I like, I like HGTV better. I like watching them like, Build the houses and fix the houses up. HGTV, thing it's I like when I, when every time like I get remodeling. into the hotel room, first thing I do is put the Food Network on every time. <laughs> I don't know and why. I used to do that. I don't. I don't do that anymore because it, it makes me too hungry, man. Yeah, it's I can't that's all that. I'm thinking about. All I'm thinking about food, food, food. And then you know you're going, you're looking on like all these food pages constantly. I'm like, what am I doing, man? Yeah, that's a that's a rabbit hole. Uh, it is. Yeah, I think you it's crazy. Got, like some people will like. They find all these cool, like, you know, it's it's obviously cool. And I've, I've done like a little bit, but like, there's like so many different 
you know, bodybuilding dessert places now and stuff where they make, you know, ginormous cookies and stuff. It's like people will spend like a crazy amount of money. And I'm like, after this show, I just want a burger. I might have like a little bit of ice cream or something or a cookie, but like, I mean, they'll spend like tons of money on buying like, like 10 different sweets and like put them in their, in their freezer or something. I'm like, oh, that was me. when are you going to eat that? I think we've all, I think we've all been there at one point. Yeah. Maybe not. You more. learn, you learn your lesson from that pretty quick. You do that once or twice. I was sponsored by uh, PDX cookies. Okay. And they make like That's dangerous. Um, two pound cookies. Like they're freaking insane. Yeah. Oh, I remember, I remember you posting about those. Yeah. 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 And so like, like I don't get paid by them or anything, but when people use my code to buy cookies, they'll just message me, "Hey, appreciate you, um, you know, people using your code. Next order, whatever you want, just it's on us." And so it'll be like, you know, two hundred dollars worth of cookies. Just this is my issue. Every time I go to Pure Muscle Fitness and train, I end up eating two Kai Kai cookies every day. They just sell them at the gym. They're like they're like quarter pound cookies, I guess. Oh yeah, they're, they're fucking ridiculous, man. I see. I, I see everybody. I see, I see everybody. Everybody falls into the trap. Oh, dude. Sure? Because they're, they're, when you, so, you know, just for you guys to visualize this, when you walk into the gym, all the cookies are just lined up there. So it's the first thing you see, right? Just all delicious cookies, you know, it's like two for 10, right? And then on your way out, you're like, there's those fucking cookies again, right? And I can see people like, they're thinking about it. They're thinking about it. They're like looking at the different flavors and they're just like, okay. And then they start bagging them up. <laughs> I'm like, they gotcha. Yeah. They gotcha. Especially if you just train like legs or back, like you're, you know, you're getting one of those cookies post workout, right? I deserve this. Yeah. <laughs> of course, we all deserve it. You guys have time for a couple questions, or we want to wrap it up there? With questions. Next time? We can hit a couple. I got, I got time for like one. I, I got a lot of stuff. Okay. Out okay, let's do one. Let's do one. We'll, right. save, we'll save. Uh, we'll save some for next time. Yeah. Uh, why do you think bodybuilders and physique athletes? No, this one's too long. Let's do a quick one. <laughs> What's the hardest physical aspect of bodybuilding for you? Physical aspect. Physical. I guess just denying yourself. I mean, you're yourself is all of us are extremely selfish. I mean, we always want to eat and we want to chill and we don't want to do cardio. We, we don't feel like training when we're dead. So I guess it'd just be denying the physicality of, of I guess what our comfort zones are. That's my so you're saying that just, just doing all the work that has to be done is, is hard physically. Yeah. Like when it's hard, when it gets tough and you're in those last few weeks of prep and stuff, I'd say that that's the, when it's the most, like right now, I love going to the gym. I can't can't wait to go to the gym. But like when you're at like week two or three and you're like, man, I don't really want to go to the gym. When I'm tired. I want to go to bed. Yeah. Like, then that's good. like the most it's not fun anymore. Those last few weeks. And you're like, I, I miss when training was fun. Yeah. That, I think training more in general for me. I think like training just all the time, just because of how like the expectations I put on myself to push myself in the gym, because like I understand like the science of bodybuilding and like, you know, I need to achieve a new stimulus. Like, you know, obviously not on a week to week basis anymore because I'm too advanced for that, but like there needs to be improvement month to month in my training. So I think like pushing myself in the gym is difficult sometimes like to, to lift heavy, like when you need to, like, you don't always feel like it, <laughs> like, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes training fucking hurts, like whether you're off season or prep. And, uh, I think that's just it for me because I know I, I you know, put a lot of pressure on myself to be efficient. And like, I hate wasting anything. Like I hate wasting any days, any training sessions. Like if I go have a training session where I don't meet my expectations, I'll, I'll beat myself up about that. That's probably the toughest thing for me. I think for me is honestly the, uh, the off season, just holding such an uncomfortable weight, you know, physically that's like, we're not talking mentally anything, just physically that is like, it's just uncomfortable. And, you know, I'm my body doesn't want to be this heavy. So it's like a struggle to keep the weight up and like my body, my mobility sucks, you know, like just doing certain things that normally would be fine. You know, if I was at a much lower weight, uh, agility wise, mobility, everything like that, it's just nothing's as comfortable as it, as it used to be. Man, what, what do your guys' girlfriends think of you being this big, like in the off season? Like she loves it. Yeah, my, she my wife. My wife just wants me to be healthy. It, yeah, yeah. My, my wife just wants to be healthy. She doesn't mind me being this big. Well, I'm I'm cuddly, but uh, <laughs> but, 
but uh, she's just worried about my health. I mean, she works in healthcare, so she's always worried about that. Yeah, that's like my girlfriend. She's she's just finishing up her school to go into nursing now, so that's her thing too. But last night we're in the bathroom, and um, I forget what she was helping me do. Like, oh, she's shaving my back, and like I stood up, and she was like, "Babe, this is getting freaky." <laughs> what do you mean? She was like. I was like, am I getting fat? She was like, no. She was like, you're, you're just getting too big. <laughs> and I was like, fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, that must feel good. My, girl, yeah. my, my girlfriend doesn't say that to me. She, she, she'll just point out the flaw. She'll be like, uh, your, your one leg looks a little bigger than your right. I'm like, okay. <laughs> my, my wife, I'd be like, babe, look, I put on this, this amount of weight and this amount of time. Like, this is looking good here. And she's like, yeah. I'm like, does it just look the same? She's like, yeah, it looks the same. I don't know. I can't tell. I'm like, awesome. I feel so encouraged right now. <laughs> yeah, last night I was like to my girlfriend after she said that, I was like, I was like, yeah, we only got like 10 years of this left. I'm like, and then we're in the clear. <laughs> like, don't worry about <laughs> yeah. it. Just a decade to go. <laughs> yeah. I, pro- I promise, I promise six years. <laughs> six yeah. years. Yeah. When, when, I, when I turn 36, that's it. Unless I'm winning the Olympia, that's the rule. 36, bro, you can't go, you cannot put a timeline on your bodybuilding career right now. It's way too early. We'll see. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. By the way, she compliments me a lot. She, I think, I think personally, <laughs> from from what I what I know about her, she prefers me to be like much bigger than to be much more ripped. Really, my girlfriend likes when I'm shredded. Really? Yeah. Same. My wife yeah. likes Why? When I'm leaner. Why? I don't know. It's it's a high standard to uphold. I'll tell you that much. Okay. okay. <laughs> I think my, my my wife likes a happy medium. Like she's not when I'm like the last few weeks peeled out of my mind. But not when I'm full blown off season either. But you know, personality wise, she prefers me in the off season. My girlfriend wants my off season personality to match my contest prep physique. Right? <laughs> It'll never happen. <laughs> It'll never happen. I think my wife likes the happy medium too, just because she's like, you know, you're in a better mood here. You're not feeling like you're not too fat. You're not too shredded, but you're just in a better mood. And every now and then we can actually eat a meal together. <laughs> like, yeah, like, like about right like, before you start your off season cycle is the best. Oh, I, yeah. Or I was going to say like, maybe about like when you're like nine, 10 weeks out before they throw the trend in. <laughs> yeah. 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 Life's good. Life's good. Man. Eight weeks I like how the question went from, uh, you know, Whatever the question was, to now it's just about how what our girlfriends like about us. <laughs> let me let me let me answer. Uh, with, let me give you my answer with the hardest physical aspect of bodybuilding: posing, man. It's fucking posing. I'm, I'm telling you, it's posing. Posing's hard. It's it's that the hardest physical hard. aspect. I I don't find anything nearly as physically hard and draining than than like pushing through a, like a crazy one hour posing session. That is fucking hard. I cried a couple times posing uh, in prep for sure <laughs> me too dude i'm yeah. not even gonna lie and, and sarah can attest to this i would one day because because she would she would be there she would come with me and i would be like i don't want to do it today and she'd be like cool man i guess we'll just stay here until you know you fucking do it right and i would just sit there and fucking <laughs> sulk and like i'd want to cry like time's going by like i'm literally wasting 20 minutes just gotta do it like it's it's <laughs> mentally five rounds, baby. Five it's rounds. <laughs> 10 <laughs> rounds baby let's go it's mentally That's fucking and cool. physically very difficult. That's why I've been trying to keep, up with, to a show. keep up with it in the off season too, because I know how hard it's going to be, you know, doing it throughout prep and especially those last few weeks when you're drained. So I'm like, the other, the other day, I did like, you know, 20 minutes fasted cardio, 20 minutes of posing, just because I was like, you know, I got the time, I need to get it done. I need to keep this consistent, you know, even though I, you're not seeing me hit a side tricep right now, but, uh, you know, I went through the poses. You skipped and, that. Uh, and it, dude, it was it beat me up, dude. Yeah. And my freaking just trying to suck in a vacuum and stuff right now. Like my my abdominal wall was cramping on me. It was horrible. Yeah, I find it hard right now because I got to flex my legs so damn hard to see lines. Yeah, I know that too. <laughs> like when you shredded, when you shredded, you don't have to flex nearly as hard. You see everything oh, no. pop. Yeah, so you barely got to flex to make the legs pop. And like in the off season, you're like, shit, your whole body's shaking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just sweating. Like, <laughs> I put I you guys now. You think it's posing, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I pretty, pretty much. Yeah, that is one of the now, hardest. As soon as you said that, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Anybody that hasn't ever done it doesn't understand how taxing posing really is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, guys. Yeah, cool. Thinks- that, was, that was. Sorry. Go ahead, Jordan. I was just saying. Everybody thinks. Last word. 
I was just saying, everybody thinks it looks cool on stage, but they, again, it's one of those things that until you've walked a mile in, in the shoes of a bodybuilder, you're never going to understand it. Yeah, I'm always I, way more sore after a show than after any workout. Dude, me too. My back, your back yeah. is so fatigued for like a My week. My legs, everything. Yeah, it's so people, people don't think about that. I get off stage and I'm just like, like, pre, like after prejudging, I'm like, oh my gosh, I gotta go to sleep. Like I ran a marathon. Like I thought yeah, I would. I thought I ran me. like twenty <laughs> miles. I was like, I, I probably ran twenty miles. That's how I felt. And the adrenaline dump too, right? Oh yeah, yeah for sure. You just yeah. crash out. You yeah. sleep. You go eat, and that is like the best sleep you'll ever get between prejudging and finals. Yeah. The Toronto, the Toronto Pro is a weird one. Just last thing, the Toronto Pro was weird because. It was nine nine p.m. by the time we got off stage. So when I got off stage, I was still I had so much adrenaline that I I went to bed at like three a.m. and woke up at six. I was just like ready to go. It was pretty weird. <laughs> that is weird. All right, boys, we'll do it again next week. All right, awesome. Okay, yeah. if, you're still, if you're still listening to this, make sure you like this channel, subscribe to this channel, follow us all, drop us some questions for next week. See you later, boys. Later, you guys. Hey guys, thanks for watching Canadian Beef Podcast. Please make sure to subscribe to the channel. Check us out on Spotify. You can use our code on helixonline.com. The code is BEEF20. That's B-E-E-F-2-0 at checkout. You're going to save yourself 20% off. And you're going to help our podcast grow. Thank you so much, guys. See you in the next episode.